coming to you from beyond the veil, where anything is possible and nothing is beyond your reach, where time and space are figments of your imagination and life is but a dream. Open your minds, open your hearts, and get ready for a one-way trip into the unknown. This is Messages from the Multiverse with Ian R. Anderson, Certified Hypnotherapist. Hello and welcome. We have a long and fascinating guest interview for you today. But before we jump in, I just want to let you know that one of our sponsors, Cymatics Hypnosis Meditation Music and Soundscapes, has very graciously extended and expanded their discount to listeners of this show. I use Cymatics in practically every session, whether it's for deep delta brainwaves to reach that deeply relaxed state, or to infuse something magical and enlightening into my sessions. Cymatics is always the best choice because they use so many different technologies and approaches in each track. Whether you relax and let go easily or are a little high strung and find it hard to shut down the flow of conscious thought, Cymatics will get through all the blocks and bring you down to the right state of mind for any meditation or therapy session. The offer has been increased from 20% to an amazing 40% discount for anyone who goes to the hypnosismeditationmusic.com website or to cymatics.com. That's P-S-I-M-A-T-I-X, cymatics.com and enters the promo code MULTIVERSE into the proper field. You really can't go wrong there. It's actually a no-brainer if you ask me. So head over there now and uh, take a look at all the stuff they have there. It's really amazing music and soundscapes that you can really use it for anything. And remember that on episode three of this podcast, we had Lee Spusta here to talk about cymatics and the music and sound and vibration that he uses, all the technology and stuff that he uses for all of his tracks. So check that out as well on SoundCloud or iTunes or Google Play Music. I also want to remind you that Hypnotropia has special rates for veterans or current members of the military, law enforcement, firefighters, EMTs, teachers, and students. We want to make the amazing benefits of hypnotherapy and the exploration of the subconscious mind available to anyone who wants or needs it. Whether you need help releasing fears, phobias, limitations, trauma, etc., or want to explore your past lives, future lives, enhance your creativity, or prepare for the bar exam, MCATs, or SATs, we do it all here at Hypnotropia. We have specialty certifications in using hypnosis to treat PTSD, ADD, ADHD, memory or weight loss issues, and pretty much anything else you can think of. You can email me directly at ian at hypnotropia.com, Call us at 818-618-6249, or just use the magic word hypnotropia, that's H-Y-P-N-O-T-R-O-P-I-A, with your hashtags or at symbols on Twitter and Facebook. We are dedicated to making the world a better place. We're always prepared to offer gift baskets and free sessions for charities, special events and auctions for good causes, so don't hesitate to reach out to us. The guest for this episode is a personal friend of mine. This guy's heart chakra is so open you could drive a tanker ship through it. His name is Dharam Deep Singh, and he is a world-class yogi, a world traveler, and a hypnotherapist. His bio is about six miles long, so I'm just going to highlight it for you, and you can find the rest of the information about him at dharamdeepyoga.com. Leading workshops in Ojai, Santa Cruz, Oakland, San Diego, Los Angeles, Lake Tahoe, San Francisco, and as far as the magical island of Bali, Indonesia, Dharam is taking his extensive and prolific background in electronic dance music and blending it with the uplifting, consciousness-expanding, and heart-opening practice of kundalini yoga and meditation. 
Dharamdeep's Kundalini Yoga and Meditation classes are known for being an out-of-body experience, magic carpet ride, and journey into ecstatic bliss. Altered states of consciousness are obtained through pranayama, mantra, mudra, asana, and meditation. He's a DJ of all kinds of electronic music, as well as a sound bath healer with Tibetan bowls and the amazing and mysterious gong, which happens to be my favorite. Dharm has taught extensively over the past six years at festivals, workshops, and classes, including but not limited to Symbiosis Gathering, the Magical Mystery School in Ojai, Yoga Tree, the Kundalini Co-op of San Francisco, Dharam Deep Fridays at the Center SF, Enchanted Forest, Mendo, Earth Tribe Yoga, Oakland, and Guru Ram Das Ashram. When not teaching Kundalini Yoga, Dharam enjoys DJing house music at Burning Man, the Love Evolution Parade, and just about anywhere he can find a pair of turntables. You can find out more, like I said, about Dharam at dharamdeepyoga.com. Dharam is spelled D-H-A-R-A-M. Deep and Yoga are spelled just how you know how to spell them. He also co-hosts a podcast called Chakra Pod, which I just interviewed on. You can find my episode as well as all the other episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at chakrapod.us. Let's get right into the discussion. We're talking about Kundalini Yoga and Kundalini Awakenings today on Messages from the Multiverse. All right, we got Dharam Deep here. Dharam Deep Singh, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Ian. Nice. It's great to have you here. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely, yeah. I'm doing great. Namaste. Namaste. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be on the show. Nice. I was super excited when you invited me to be on to talk about my work as an international sex symbol. Yeah. So. I mean, you're the first sex symbol I've had on the show, so, (laughs) you know, other than myself, of course. Yeah, yeah, so, super happy to be here. Nice. Because most people think when they hear the name Dharm Deep, they think it sounds like a porn name. Right. But in reality, it's actually my spiritual name. Okay. That was given to me by Yogi Bhajan. Okay, so then what name do you use when you do porn? I use um, Jack Armstrong or, (laughs) you know... Rod Hammer. Nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But no, I've, ne- I've never done any porn films, even though I've definitely thought about it. <laughs> and I'm sure there's some tapes circulating somewhere. But I'm glad I'm not running for office because then yeah. I'll be in trouble. Well, that's a whole different subject. You know, we, got, <laughs> we, got some, we got some crazy people running for office, so I think you can pretty much get away with anything nowadays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, these days, you know, Donald Trump... Did you see that statue of uh, Hillary Clinton that was in New York? No. Um, they have, a, you know, they had Donald Trump, a statue of him naked mm-hmm. in Union Square or wherever it was in Central Park. And they have uh, now Hillary Clinton with, uh, like, hoven feet. Uh-huh. And she has a banker from Wall Street sucking off her tit. <laughs> <laughs> So nice. this is very upsetting to one particular woman. She, she, she attacked the statue, I guess, and toppled it over. And oh, there, there were people that were trying to prevent her from destroying this work of art, this uh, political commentary. But uh, welcome to the circus of America. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild right now. Yeah, it is. 
Wow. Yeah, I think I, I probably would have uh, seen that had I turned on the news, but I try and avoid doing that as much as possible. Yes, yes. For many years, that's what I did, and it's an important part of your spiritual practice, and it really helps you stay in alignment with spirit, with God, with creator, you know, whatever you call it. Um, I try and choose where I get my news from very carefully. Yeah, I get this. I'm on Facebook a lot. Yeah. You know, I like to see what's going on with people, and I like to promote my yoga classes, my hypnotherapy practice, my podcast. Facebook is great for that. You know, I avoided Facebook for years. You know, I've only been on Facebook. I haven't even been on Facebook for a year. I just, uh, you know, created it basically to promote the show and, and my practice and stuff like that. But since I did, you know, I've started seeing, you know, all the all the good things that it does have to offer. Yeah, it does connect people around the world. Yes, and there's a lot of conscious people on Facebook, Mm -hmm. and we're seeing conscious communities coming together, and I think it's a good way to promote yourself as a hypnotherapist, Mm -hmm. and it's a good referral source for clients, and it's a good way to just connect. Yeah, it is. In a disconnected world... It truly is a good avenue if you use it for positive things. Yeah. And it's a good way to bring people together. Absolutely. Well, we're here, uh, in a sense, you know, we we knew each other from outside of Facebook, but Facebook is what kind of kept us connected. So now here we are to talk about uh, Kundalini Awakenings, Kundalini Yoga on Messages from the Multiverse. So, you know, a lot of our listeners find the show through Facebook and connect to the show through Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. So, uh, hello to everybody out there on Facebook and Twitter. Tell all your friends, darn deep. Hey guys, what's going on? So what is Kundalini Yoga? What, what separates it from the other types of yoga? Kundalini Yoga is the yoga of awareness. And what separates it from other types of yoga is that it's a energy-based yoga and it's less focused on the physical asanas, the physical exercises, and it's more focused on your energetic body, your subtle body. It's more focused on breathing, on mantra and meditation. So Hatha is the physical practice of yoga. Kundalini is a Raj form of yoga, meaning that it dates back 5,000 years. It's referenced in the Upanishads, and it's not as well known as the other types of yoga, like Vinyasa and Hatha, which were brought to the West, which are now kind of marketed like... uh, spin classes or you know physical fitness kundalini is still very spiritual in its nature and it's more community focused there's a strong sense of community that's built through the classes through the workshops and there's a strong sense of promoting a positive message of peace both through ancient mantras and more secular English language as well. So it it blends, you know, secular English language songs. There's an old Irish 
blessing called the Long Time Sunshine song that we sing at the end of every class. And we also chant mantras like Sat Nam, which means truth is my name. And also Om Namo Guru Dev Namo. We chant this at the start of each class, which means I bow to the subtle divine wisdom of the universe. And I bow to the divine teacher inside of myself. So you're taught to find the light within inside of yourself. And it's basically awakening this primal Shakti energy, this feminine energy that resides in the base of your spine. It's curled like a lock of hair or a serpent. And in Kundalini Yoga, it's safely awakened and it's gently awakened in a spontaneous Kundalini awakening, which some people experience. I've experienced that. It spontaneously awakens very fast. Mm -hmm. And it's like a volcano or an earthquake that happens and it shoots the energy right up the spine, up into your crown chakra, mm -hmm. and you experience samadhi or enlightenment, this spiritual blissful trance very quickly. The central channel of energy in Ayurvedic science is called the Shushmana. So there's Ida, the left channel of energy, and Pingala, the right channel of energy. Left channel is more cooling, more feminine. The right channel, Pingala, is more hot, um, more masculine. And the Shushmana is the central channel. It's, it's balanced, mm -hmm. but the energy basically rises through those channels, this Kundalini energy, and it basically heightens your sense of awareness so in a sense you can become more psychically attuned to your environment and to other people and other energies um there's a lot to it yeah yeah i, I experienced the spontaneous explosion of energy that you're talking about and it changed my life never been the same since and I think uh, I, I felt like for a little while like I, I might have been dying because it was such a f strong physical feeling, um, you know, feeling as though my body was going to explode is really what it felt like at first. Right. It really scared me. Um, you know, after adjusting to it and kind of trying to understand it more, took a lot of exploration, a lot of inner journeying. Um, but I, I came to kind of think of these different levels as almost like worlds in their own right. Each one has uh -huh. a separate type of awareness or a different level of reality that goes along with it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I would say that that is tapping into the 10 subtle bodies of energy which compromise the soul body, the negative or protective mind, the positive mind, the neutral mind, uh, the physical body, or the teacher of balance as it's called, the arc line is the sixth body, the seventh body is the auric body, eighth body is the pranic body, ninth body is the subtle body of energy, tenth body is the radiant body, light, and then 
11 is like the culmination of all of these energies. So within these worlds, there's different aspects, different worlds within these subtle bodies of energy, which have to do with connecting to your soul, connecting to abundance, opportunities, connecting to your heart, which is the neutral mind. And this is the goal of Kundalini Yoga is to tap into your heart center, to the neutral mind, to be balanced, to not be too polarized on one end of the spectrum. So not too negative, not too positive. Heart center is right there in the middle, right? Yeah, the heart center is in the middle. So I learned Kundalini and yoga and meditation from Gurmukh Karkalsa, who teaches out of Santa Monica, New York, Golden Bridge. She's a very heart-centered teacher. And I think just the practice itself, which Yogi Bhajan brought to the West from India, is a very loving practice. It's very powerful and you know very disciplined. Some people might say, oh, I went to this class and... It was, you know, more like a military style class, but it really depends on the teacher, you know, what kind of experience you're going to get. But overall, I think it's all about opening up your heart and today's crop or generation of teachers are very heart centered and very attuned to this love vibration that was spoke about in the 1960s and 70s, this coming age of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. And so we're all about love, all about healing and spreading love and light. And so we're tapped into the Anahata, the fourth chakra, the heart chakra, this Anahata energy, which is represented by the color green and it's represented as a 21 petaled lotus. And, you know, these uh, concepts come from, you know, Vedic scriptures and the Hindu religion. And with Kundalini Yoga, what happened was the Hindu culture from India blended with the Sikh culture, which is a newer religion, which Guru Nanak started in the, uh, I think it was the 14 or 1500s, and um, Yogi Bhajan blended these two cultures together and brought um, the Hindu practice of yoga with the mantras of the Sikh religion as Guru Nanak was a singer. He would sing wherever he went and he was very into singing how great the ecstasy of divine consciousness was and how great the ecstasy of God was. So um, the practice of Kundalini Yoga is non-religious, mm -hmm. but it does have its roots in the Hindu culture with the physical asanas and some of the uh, meditations which call on the energy of Ganesha which people might know as the elephant god or the remover of obstacles. And uh, it's also rooted in this Sikh Dharma, as it's called here in the West, where um, Yogi Bhajan introduced the practices of 
of Sikhism to his students here in Los Angeles at Yoga West on Robertson, where it still is today. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how important is the uh, the breath in all of this? Because my my experience, that my initial experience of that explosion of energy was triggered by breath work. And uh, you said that, that there's breathing, mantra, and meditation as part of all of this. So why don't we take one at a time and talk about breathing and the importance of breathing first. Yes, breathing is really, really important. Um, breathing is called pranayama in the kundalini yoga tradition. Pranayama means breath expansion. So throughout the practice, you're expanding your breath, whether it's a slow breath or it's a rapid fire breath. We do a breath called breath of fire, which is a rapid inhalation and exhalation out the nose, two to three breaths per second. It's very, very fast, um, but it's also very, very healing in that it is able to remove fear from the diaphragm, getting you to get into a deeper, fuller belly breath. And it's actually activating the vagus nerve, which sends a signal to the brain to access higher states of consciousness. So. The breathing is working with the oxygen levels in your body and also sending signals to the brain, which can send signals to your pituitary gland, the master gland of the endocrine system to bring balance and regulation to the body and also to activate pituitary and pineal gland to work together, pineal gland producing DMT, which induces visionary experiences. And so the breath is a important part of the practice and it can lead to uh, mystical visions. Um, all of that, you know, the, the breathing, the mantra, everything that works together um, is highly important and crucial to the practice. And it's very important to, to tune in with your breath, whether it's naughty cleansing, which is alternate nostril breathing, or the one minute breath where you inhale for 20 seconds, hold for 20 seconds, exhale 20 seconds. So there's all types of different pranayama and it's all, yoga is all about returning to the breath. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we come into this world, you know, we release this great big, like, ah, like we're coming into this world, taking that, that first breath. It's really just orgasmic and incredible just to, you know, have this, this function of breathing and, and consciousness. Yeah, yeah, prana is, uh, prana is one of my favorite things in the whole universe. I love it. It's just uh, it's such a fascinating thing to contemplate and study and, and think about and work with. You know, it, it has, a, has such a sweet taste to it when you can really connect with it.
you know, and the, the thing I love about it most is that it responds to us. It responds to our thought and our consciousness and we can direct it and, and work with it and the way it flows and the, the way we, we use it. It's, it's, uh, fascinating and really, really awesome to have such a gift, you know, this, this life that we have to be able to learn the things that we learn and have these energies that we that we work with in such a complex nature to our to our being. So what does mantra add to that whole process? Mantra is a projection of the mind and so our thoughts often dictate our reality. So when we're thinking empowering thoughts, we tend to go towards we're we're motivated towards effective and positive solutions whereas when we're thinking negatively we often stay in that rut of negative thinking and self-doubt mantra is a way to uplift oneself and tune in to a positive vibration and so sat nam is the bij or seed mantra in kundalini yoga which means truth is my name. And so truth is my name. You're vibrating this mantra of truth, connecting to the creator, the divine, which is Om. Um, when we, ch we typically don't chant Om in the Kundalini yoga tradition, um, but it is recognized as Om is the universal sound vibration and that's where we come from when you play the gong it makes that sound of of om in kundalini yoga we typically chant ong ong which is the creative force in action so kundalini is all about action and moving forward and om, so uh, the om is is described as i think if i'm right the uh the sound that is not made by two things smashing together, by two things crashing together. Is that right? Have you heard that? Yeah, Om is um, similar to on a hot, like the unstruck sound. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I've heard that before. It's like unmanifested uh -huh. okay. energy. So, ONG is the manifested energy. Okay in motion so the mantras whether it's om namo guru dev namo i bow to the divine subtle wisdom of the universe i bow to the divine teacher inside of myself or whether you're chanting ramadasa sase sohong which means i tune in to the earth's energy the sun and the moon and the infinity of my soul all of these mantras are a way to focus the mind on healing, on bliss, on um, positive, loving thoughts. And so it's a practice of focusing the mind on positive, uplifting thoughts and also tuning in to these ancient syllables and these ancient languages that actually correspond to different 
meridian points that are located on the roof of the mouth on the upper palate and so when you strike your tongue up against the roof of the mouth with these awe sounds which are creative sounds when you chant uh, Ramadasa or any type of awe sound you know Buddha Krishna Yahweh Waheguru all of these awe sounds are heart centered they, they open the chest up I can feel my lungs opening as I say ah it's very um very healing very relaxing expand expanding, expanding yeah. yeah and so the mantras help you focus help you expand your mind expand your world and it's another way to sing you know on the way over here i was singing the long time sunshine song in my car because it just felt beautiful to sing it and to tap into some of the empowering words that we practice in kundalini yoga okay yeah one theme that that is uh pretty consistent through every interview that i've done every episode that i've done on the show is the uh the concept of expansion expanding our consciousness expanding our our being and taking in more you know as much as possible more of the world more love more connection with people nature everything and uh one way that we can do that is by going within by meditating by exploring our connection with ourself so in kundalini yoga what role does meditation take then meditation in kundalini yoga is different than other forms of meditation in that it is more active in using mantra and mudra to balance and to expand. We're talking about expansion here, and a mudra is a configuration of the hand. And when you bring the thumb tip and the pointer finger together, you're expanding your world as the index finger represents Jupiter. Jupiter is all about abundance. The planet Jupiter is about abundance, expansion. And right before I had my Kundalini awakening, I was very into the planet Jupiter and this imagery of Jupiter, putting posters on my wall of Jupiter. And as you meditate, in kundalini yoga you're often moving your fingertips your thumb from fingertip to fingertip and one of the most powerful and most studied meditations in kundalini yoga is known as kirtan kriya and it's been studied by ucla ucsd ucsf and it moves the thumb tip down each finger and on each finger, you're, you're touching a different aspect of existence. So the first finger would be um, the infinity, very expansive, right? The second finger is the uh, Saturn finger, which represents discipline and also life itself, existence. Are we kind of 
completing a circuit then almost energetically with our connection to different aspects of the universe seems like exactly yes um existence or infinity existence death or transformation and then rebirth the pinky finger is the rebirth finger it's also the mercury finger but you have you know existence or infinity existence death or transformation and rebirth and the different fingers are also tied to different parts of our brain i don't have the exact science on that right now but i do know that each finger corresponds to a different part of our brain and it's been shown in this study of kirtan kriya to reduce stress and anxiety in caregivers of the elderly 64% more effective than just listening to meditation alone so this kirtan kriya meditation is taught all over and it's wonderful for just relaxation it's wonderful if you're recovering from addiction and i teach it in all of my classes whether it's at create yoga in santa monica or soul fitness in redondo beach i'm teaching kirtan kriya and i'm also teaching a powerful meditation called the ganpati meditation which ta- taps into Ganesha energy, Ganpati is another name for Ganesha, and my students have reported the most amazing results with the Ganpati meditation, and I've experienced it myself, so that's primarily why I teach that meditation so much, and it's just wonderful to see the benefits that you can get with these meditations. Wow. Brain. You, you've studied and taught all over the world, kind of, haven't you? you? You travel quite a bit. What are your favorite parts of the world uh, relative to yoga? My favorite part of the world is Bali, of course. Yeah. I love Bali. I hear you. Bali is just incredible. Yeah. My and favorite place in the world, too. Yeah, so we, we share that love uh-huh. and that connection of Bali. It's just rich with spiritual energy and Ganesha energy everywhere you go there's a Ganesha practically and uh, I did a workshop in Ubud at the Green School Village which is a village that teaches young kids how to make houses out of bamboo and teaches them all kinds of green ways of living green technologies that save the environment and I taught at a particular bamboo structure village like a five-story structure that was just immaculate we epic. know some people who uh have gone to that school they uh you know, my, my kids go to use in malibu um and it's a very green school too and the the people who created that school helped support the green school in bali and uh i've heard a lot of cool things about that place that's incredible i yeah. love that yeah, I, it, it was probably the most fun and the most fulfilling to teach at the Green School Village. It was just an amazing group of international travelers from 
Australia, Hong Kong, Brazil, Amsterdam, France, all over the world, America. And we had some quite powerful healings occur. I'm recalling one woman in the class, she actually burst into tears. There was something she needed to release and it released in the final meditation, which was a pranayama meditation to bring the intuition to the subconscious or bringing the intuition into the subconscious so you can guide your life with you know extreme intuition in your subconscious, which rules about 90% of your behavior. So she had a powerful healing experience. And for many, it was their first time practicing kundalini yoga. And it's just a, it's a trippy far out yoga too. So for people listening, this is not your neighborhood uh, gym, 24 hour fitness mom and pop grandma type of yoga even though grandmas and grandpas can certainly do it and they do it very well you can practice this into your old age because it's not uh, well it, it gives you a lot of energy so it keeps you young but um, it's a wonderful experience and when you study with a teacher the kundalini rises at an appropriate and controlled level as compared with the spontaneous kundalini awakening where you get all of your kundalini you know released at once and it can be quite frightening and quite uh, intense but um yes i love teaching in bali and i taught in seminyak at the w hotel um to people that were associated with this group in, in Abood. And um, I love teaching in San Francisco, Northern California. I started the Kundalini Yoga Co-op up there. And that's a group of Kundalini teachers which offered free or donation community-based events. And we really spread Kundalini Yoga up in NorCal outside of the ashram mm. which we love we love the ashram I taught at the Guru Ramdas ashram in Haight-Ashbury and that was the original home of Kundalini Yoga in NorCal in San Francisco I love Ramdas he's the best yeah Ramdas is is awesome Ramdas means the servant of peace and in the Sikh tradition, which Yogi Bhajan grew up in, Ram Das was the fourth Sikh guru. So a lot of people know Ram Das, the uh, spiritual teacher from the 1960s. Yeah, his, one of his books, the one he co-wrote with Tim Timothy Leary on the Tibetan Book of the Dead as the LSD guidebook, uh, was one of the first one of the first works of, of any kind of literature or anything that actually took me from the life that I was on, focused on material, on material goods and money and stuff like that when I was younger, and put me in the direction that I've been going on ever since then, which is toward deeper levels of 
exploration, the mind, the spirit, things like that. So that's beautiful. That's way back, way back in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people were influenced by Ram Das and Yogi Bhajan was influenced by a lot of the writings at that time in the 1960s. Right. Yeah, that was before he was actually Ram Das. That was his. Uh, that was written with his first name. I don't remember what it was. His original name. And speaking of LSD, the Kundalini experience not always, but sometimes can be like a LSD experience. And that's why a lot of people gravitate towards it. Mm. If they don't like Katha or Vinyasa yoga, or they're just not feeling that type of yoga, they feel this energy and they feel this heightened sense of awareness and they can tap into these visionary experiences and see sacred geometry, geometric patterns and symbolism come to them. So they're very, very excited about Kundalini Yoga. I've seen all sorts of things in the gong sound bath or any time throughout the practice. I've, you know, felt the energy moving up my spine and going up my skull and I'll see like a cobra-like energy. I'll see a cobra or a tiger. The first time I had my kundalini awakening, I saw this uh, electric prism of a tiger and, uh, you know, all sorts of visions can come to you. And this tiger imagery depending on the color of the tiger, can represent different things. And the tiger usually represents courage in the face of danger, illumination, a sense of royalness. And so you you did imagery with Cheryl Mm O'Neill at Hypnosis Motivation Institute. So I know you're very versed in... Symbolism, is one symbolism of my yeah. and imagery, and so I was drawn to Kundalini yoga, and I was kind of, you know, I experienced a lot of symbolism through my Kundalini awakening, mm-hmm. because that's what comes up. That's the language. That's, that's that's the language of the the mind and consciousness. The symbols are everything. There's power. Yes. There's power in the symbolism. Great power what it's all about yeah even, even our our ability to communicate through language depends on symbolism you know it really is really important if we're going to be exploring consciousness and exploring our minds to have some sort of understanding or connection to symbolism and how to interpret it or understand it yeah yeah symbolism is powerful and it's the language of the subconscious and I urge everyone listening, take a Kundalini yoga class, study up on Kundalini, but more so take a Kundalini yoga class so you can experience what we're talking about and experience that flow from the base of your sacrum where the Kundalini yoga energy or the Kundalini energy resides and experience that shakti that 
creative divine feminine energy running up through your spine it's gonna break through any blockages you're having so if you're holding on to repressed energy it completely releases those blocks so it's a way to release blocks whether they're emotional physical mental spiritual and it's just very good at tapping you into the creative mind and as we know a creative mind is a relaxed mind mm -hmm. and the more relaxed we are the more creative we are and i think that's what we as individuals here on earth we we crave being creative and we love living this creative life and we're here in los angeles or all across the globe we want to be creative whether it's writing music movies artwork and so kundalini is that creative potential and it is that creative energy moving through us and it really moves through the chakras these energy centers these wheels of light in the body and it really helps to balance the chakras and to tap you into the different energies of each chakra and it'll really help you heal and balance whatever's missing in your life or whatever's stuck it helps you come back into that pure vital essence that we're all born with so it, it c takes the garbage away mm. and it kind of cleans out the subconscious mind and it it helps you get into a meditative space so meditation is a central aspect to kundalini yoga and sometimes it can be overlooked sometimes when you have these one hour one hour and 15 minute classes kundalini yoga is best done at like a 90 minute class time frame or even two hours when i ran my own classes up at the center sf in hayes valley san francisco i would go usually two hours and I do a du double gong sound bath. And the gong is is very helpful to people that still have blocks in their mind because the gong, after 90 seconds, is able to penetrate through the conscious mind. So the gong. after 90 seconds, your conscious mind cannot resist the sound anymore. It can't keep analyzing. Confusing. There's too much there for the conscious mind to handle with the gong. There's overtones and undertones and yeah. warping and just all kinds of cyclical kind of vortex sounds going on in the gong. Oh, you yeah. really pay, pay close attention to what's coming out of that, that gong. I mean, it, it, will, it will crush the conscious mind's ability to analyze. Yes, definitely. It's especially the symphonic gong. It produces so many overtones and different sounds. It's just very powerful at helping you relax and sending you out into the ethers, out of your body, you know, for a few minutes or however long it is. So you can really connect with God, with the creator, the universe, whatever you believe in and you come back with deep insights 
and I have a good friend right now. He comes to my classes, and some of these new classes, I don't have the gong with me. I just have a Tibetan bowl. Even with the Tibetan bowl, when I strike the Tibetan bowl, that sound is able to take him out and help him relax. And he's like, yeah, I'm just gone. I'm just completely somewhere else. And so it's it's very helpful to people that are very stuck in their minds and always analyzing and you know processing a lot of information um, in hypnotherapy we would call them the emotional suggestible emotional sexual uh, highly really intellectual, intellectual. Yeah. so uh, yeah it's very helpful and healing to to everyone but especially the intellectual emotional okay so how much um, how much experience with the more physical types of yoga is necessary or recommended before somebody gets into exploring kundalini yoga <coughs> excuse me 30 seconds that's it yeah okay yeah good so everyone out there who hasn't <laughs> gone to a physical hatha yoga stretching class can still explore kundalini yeah, you can jump in any time and, you know, you really don't need to do any hatha yoga or vinyasa yoga, any sort of physical yoga before you try kundalini yoga. And many people come to yoga for the first time and they do kundalini and they love it. Mm -hmm. And it's not yoga practice or it's not yoga perfect. It's yoga practice, so there's no competition here. Right. This is about you connecting with your own breath, with your soul, with your own connection to divine source. So it's really a spiritual practice and a physical practice too, but you don't need to have any experience. And I'd say the less you know, experience you have, the better, you know, come try a class, you'll a little you'll beginner be glad. mind action? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the reason I ask is because, uh, you know, it's it's common to hear the, the yeah, but, you know, type of thing, like, yeah, but I, I don't, I don't have any experience with yoga, you know, I've never taken a regular yoga class, things like that, but you heard it from darn deep, you don't need to have experience with yoga to do kundalini, no excuses. No excuses. Get your butt into class. Yeah. Come on down. So where do you teach around here? I teach in Santa Monica on Saturdays at 6 p.m. at okay. Create Yoga. It's at the intersection of Yale and Santa Monica. It's a beautiful studio. Really good vibes. Really good people. Let's set it up. It's a nice community of teachers. and It's a brand new studio. It's only three months old. Wow, nice. So now is a perfect time to mm -hmm. come in and get in when it first started. And I also teach at Soul Fitness, which is in Redondo Beach, Soul Fitness LA is what it's called. Soulfitnessla.com, createyoga.com. Both studios are really amazing. I just finished teaching two years at Guru's Gate Yoga in Manhattan Beach, which is now called Beach House Yoga, and they're going through a whole change. But locally, I mainly teach at Create Yoga, Saturdays, 6 p.m., 
new class on Wednesday now at 8 p.m. And then Soul Fitness Kundalini uh, 4 p.m. on Sundays. Okay, good. So why don't we um, talk a little bit about the similarities and differences between Kundalini Awakening and near-death experiences? This is something that is an interesting topic for me, and I'd like to hear your views on the whole thing. You've experienced yes. both. You've experienced Kundalini Awakening and near-death experience, right? Yes, I definitely have, and I experienced the near-death experience before my Kundalini Awakening, okay. and a lot of people tend to have both. I've, I've just been running into people, and I haven't studied too much about it, but I've seen a lot of people here in LA that have had near-death experiences who also have the Kundalini Awakening. And they're completely two separate things. Um, I, my belief is that you don't have a near-death experience and your kundalini is awakened. I definitely think that the near-death experience provides you an insight into what life is like outside of this earth. Maybe there's a correlation but not necessarily a causation yes yeah i think there's a correlation Uh, i don't know of any scientific proof or any sort of proof anecdotal to say that you know there is causation um but i personally had the near-death experience in 2001 and my kundalini awakening experience was in 2007 so there was six years apart i've heard i've met healers that have said that you know theirs happened um quite closer together Mm -hmm. or people say oh i had it before the near death um so in my personal experience they were about six years apart, and I don't think they have too much to do with each other. Although, if one has been to the other side, they would get more interested right. in spirituality yeah. and the topic of spirituality. So, when you do study spirituality, that's going to send you on the path of awakening your your kundalini because yeah. through yoga and meditation the kundalini rises mm-hmm. if you do hatha yoga for 22 years and kundalini yoga for one year it's said that they will rise at about the same rate so the physical practice of hatha yoga 22 years to raise the same amount of kundalini that you can raise in in one year Mm -hmm. because they're they're different practices but near-death experience i think is a beautiful thing and it definitely changed my life and i'm grateful to be here today and it did send me on a path where i wanted to be some sort of ambassador messenger of 
good news that, you know, we have uh, life after this one and that this white light that you experience in a near-death experience is deeply healing, deeply comforting, and, you know, there is more to life than this physical world we're in Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, one of the universal things, um, or I'll be careful about saying universal, nearly universal, with people who experience near-death experiences, uh, you know, people who have something that that they're able to report as an experience when they come back, uh, is that they feel a much deeper connection to the spiritual nature of things. And there's often, uh, in a, a very large majority of them, often an increase in um, psychic or extrasensory perception after the near-death experience. Did you have any shift in that sense as far as uh, a, a heightened awareness? Yes, I, I believe so. I believe that from a young age, I've always been tapped into the spiritual world, but not at the level I was at after I came back from the near-death experience. Um, It was like turning on that connection to the spiritual world times a thousand. Um, Yeah, I just, I started to become very interested in promoting the idea that there is a creator and that there is an afterlife. And I, I became very in tune with the healing energy of my hands. I had someone tell me that I had a lot of energy coming out of my hands. And so from that point, I not directly as a result of that encounter, but just a few years later, I became a Reiki healer, energy healer, um, and I started to do massage. I started to do massage, then shiatsu energy work, and before that, I, I started to come into the awareness of Kundalini and this Kundalini awakening, and I started to go to church, a Christian church in Eagle Rock called Christian Assembly, and I started to study Wayne Dyer's meditations, his morning and evening meditations, and I started to listen to Deepak Chopra a lot, and I started reading Eckhart Tolle, and just became really interested in studying spirituality. Doreen Virtue, The Lightworker's Way, was a big book that influenced me and yeah I I came back very changed uh, less focused on my career as a DJ or house music DJ and more focused on what else is there to life and what can I do to help people and heal people and I needed to know like everything there was to know about the body and the mind. So I'd always been studious, but I'd say at that point I became 
more reignited in studying psychology and spirituality and philosophy and I started to read about Sanskrit and started to do meditations like the morning and evening meditations that Wayne Dyer talked about and those are super powerful at opening you up to higher consciousness and part of that meditation is meditating on the Om mantra and also the mantra of awe which is said to bring about manifestation so meditating on the mantra of awe which is found in many different mantras and words like Buddha and Krishna, Ra uh, that awe sound is very powerful at manifesting what you want as you chant it powerfully from the root up to the third eye to the uh, midbrain it's said to you know whatever you think about as you're chanting this awe meditation and if you bring it up to your third eye to your midbrain it's said to be able to manifest very quickly for you right and that's a perfect segue into the next question and, and topic that I wanted to bring up uh, because for me, the beginning of my awakening process started when we were talking about Santa Barbara when I was in college and stuff like that earlier. started when I was in college in Santa Barbara, right about around, I want to say probably 2001, 2002, um, uh-huh. right before I started college, a year or two after high school. Okay. And I was led as a, as a means of kind of not only understanding but getting a handle on on kind of reining my energy in and mm-hmm. getting some control of it um, I was led to the Merkaba meditation right now that's Merkaba is connected to sacred geometry and um, I was led through a lot by a lot of synchronicity which I want to talk about also in connection Mm -hmm. with manifestation. I was led through a lot of the same books and teachings that you're mentioning, as well as um, learning a lot about sacred geometry, how it connects to the human energy system. And I found myself in, um, probably no surprise, Sedona, uh, learning about sacred geometry and meditation and and all this. So um, this Merkaba meditation that has to do with uh, activating the human energy field and connecting more deeply to having a conscious connection with our energy uh, was how I was able to get more of a handle on that awakening that I was going through. And uh, at that moment, it was almost like that, right? As soon as I got that, that control, that expansion, that the Merkaba meditation, if anyone's familiar with it, what it gives you is this expansion of, of your energy field in this kind of uh, way that, according to the, the teachings, has not been activated in most human bodies for a very long time. Uh-huh. And at that moment when it expanded, it was like a, a switch was flipped and all of a sudden I was connected with the universe in a way that I was manifesting anything I needed almost instantaneously synchronicity was happening around me at all times like if I needed something I mean 
one time I was I was on my way to school. I missed the bus. I was late for the bus, and I, I was thinking, oh man, I'm gonna be late for for class. Right at that moment, somebody I didn't even know pulled up on 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 the street uh-huh. and asked me if I needed a ride. Said I looked like I needed a ride. Gave me a ride to school, and I got I made it to my test on time. Things like that would happen all the time. So when you're when Love you're it. living this type of life, when you're connected with your spirit, with source, with all of this going on around us that a lot of us just don't see when we're not on the spiritual path how does that change our ability to manifest our reality to um, what what role does synchronicity play what's your understanding with that good question i'd say that in order for you to allow manifestation and synchronicity into your life Um, you need to be really clear and clean. I think it's important to clean yourself if you're on alcohol or any sort of destructive drug like meth, crack, cocaine. Um, You know, these are real things in our society that are problems and people get into these destructive habits and they get into destructive thinking and so I believe your thoughts create your reality and so it's really important for you to direct your mind in a way that's positive and you know listening to yourself talk about this Merkaba meditation it sounds like this Merkaba meditation is super powerful at manifestation. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are going through these spiritual awakenings right now. Mm-hmm. I've talked to people all over the world, all over the country, and you know they start to see these signs like, 1111 or 333 444 and they're beginning to really wake up to their own power and to not let the past dictate their circumstances or let their parents or if they had a abusive upbringing if there was child abuse sexual abuse whatever happened to them in their past which could be seen as a blockage or a barrier they're really starting to wake up that they can create their own reality despite what has happened to them whether they grew up in poverty or they grew up you know, in a rich family, but maybe there was a lot of abuse or toxic energy. They're cleaning out the clutter of their life and they're cleaning the toxicity. So I would say, as, um, you know, Esther Hicks says, that um, you have to, like, create your grid First, you have to create this grid to catch up with this vortex of energy and abundance and prosperity. You want, you have to create a a safe space for yourself. And that means cleaning the body, 
the mind and the soul and it's learning about these meditations and just because you learn these meditations doesn't mean your life's going to be perfect or that your guru is uh, or your teacher is a you know perfect human being and nothing ever goes wrong but once you are able to eliminate a lot of the blocks a lot of the barriers a lot of the BS as you might call it then you're able to advance your your level of consciousness and advance your life on all levels physical mental spiritual and you know there's actually 21 aspects to self-caring that I learned from this teacher Guillaume Pablo who's in Glendale California but it's very important for you to focus the mind make sure your body is clean you're not you know cluttering your mind with alcohol or anything that might you know disrupt your system not to say you can't have a few drinks every now and then but um, it's important to clear yourself from addictions and addiction to negative thinking and I truly believe it, it is all about the power of positive thinking it is about what Napoleon and Hill said whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve so if you really tap into these mantras if you really believe it can work for your life that's when the synchronicity and the serendipity can happen in your life and for me um, I think when I had my Kundalini awakening I was coming from a place where I was able to kind of go off on my own and be really super independent for the first time in a long time and really direct my energy at purifying myself, purifying my aura, purifying my life and that's when all these magical things started to happen for me and you know it's important to just focus on living the best life you can by deciding what's important for you. Mm -hmm. What you will allow into your life and what you refuse to allow into your life. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, allowance is really important, um, you know, because life can be magical if we let it. It doesn't, ha it doesn't have to be a struggle all the time openness can bring a lot of that magical nature into our experience and you know I think positive thinking is the foundation of positive action and thinking yes. you know our, our thoughts are the beginning and the end really it, it, it's kind of a loop right it comes around it goes from thoughts words actions and and those actions those then have an effect on our experience of the world which loops around back to our thoughts so as we think we we can we control our thought process or, or have a more positive thought process then we're able to put that positive thought process out into the world through action and through talking to people 
which can help other people's thought process and experience of the world take a more positive shift as well, which is why I, you know, like what you're doing in the world, teaching yoga and teaching Kundalini and coming here to do the show. And, uh, you know, I also, after we get to this next subject, which is Yoga Nidra, which I, I, I really want to hear your, uh, your opinion on, I also want to talk about your podcast. So um, oh, cool. why don't we get to uh, the Yoga Nidra, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Well, well I, I really love what you're saying, and I think um, before we get to Yoga Nidra, I just wanted to say, like, everything you're saying is, is right on point. It's important to take action um, in your life after you have these positive thoughts, and it's important to surround yourself with positive people like yourself. And, you know, I'm positively influenced by the people in my life, whether it's my podcast partner, Christian Donahue, who's a super positive human being who really inspires men and just human beings in general to live at their highest potential. I'm I'm finding inspiration from him, inspiration from you, inspiration from the creators of Create Yoga in Santa Monica, Sila, Marissa and Jen are all great and the whole big community of teachers and healers it's really important to surround yourself with that positive energy and that will also act as a catalyst for change and constant and never ending improvement. The concept of Kaizen from the Japanese culture that Tony Robbins talks about a lot. So community is super important and you know, we have that here and we have that in the Kundalini world and yeah, I just think it's a great thing and thank you for thank you. Yeah, bringing we inspire each up. other. Yeah. Yeah. It's what it's all about. So so what is Yoga Nidra? Let's let's touch on that. Yoga Nidra is the psychic sleep. Yoga Nidra. Nidra is sleep. So Yoga Nidra is uh practice where all you have to do is show up to class and lay down on your mat and just listen you don't have to do any physical movement any specific breathing it's um one of the best kept secrets of the yoga world and it's very hypnotherapeutic oh yeah Oh, yeah. Um, I was listening to a lot of Yoga Nidra before I went to HMI, the Hypnosis Motivation Institute. I was, I discovered Yoga Nidra around 2013, 2014. A couple of women I was doing a workshop with, they were called the, uh, I forget their names. Um, they they were uh, they do this raw living life. They 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 incorporate raw food with the yoga, and they introduced me to yoga nidra. And the first time I did it, I was so relaxed, and I was just like almost like floating. Mm. And I like 
Love that feeling. Yeah, I was floating, and there, there was this also this like whipping sensation, like I was leaving my body, mm-hmm. and then I was coming back down into my body. Um, but it, it's known as a psychic sleep because, you know, it taps you into higher states of consciousness and awareness, and you can travel outside of your body. But it's also very grounding. You can ground yourself before the practice and you can just experience a deep state of relaxation. You basically are guided by the instructor or teacher to relax every single muscle in your body, every fiber. Nothing is really overlooked. So your entire body and mind is relaxed and you're listening to the sounds in the environment and you're instructed to listen to the most far away sound, then the next sound, and then the middle sound. That's and the very sound hypnotic of also because you're, you're narrowing focus, bringing it in and in and in, in, in. Oh, yeah. Very hypnotic. Yeah. And so some teachers will tell a story. Every teacher has their own different style. The yoga nidra that I do, I believe, is more traditional and it's more rooted in cleansing the chakras, the energy centers. And we start each month, each class with um, Om Hari Tat Sat, which is, you know, the universe, everything in the universe. It, it is what it is right now and this is what it is. Here we are. And it's beautiful and it's it's blissful and i love yoga nidra i'm so grateful for the practice and anytime i have trouble sleeping i put on a yoga nidra track from soundcloud or any type of mp3 from youtube and uh i go to sleep you know, usually yeah. very, very quickly because it's just a great relaxation tool and it's a great way to also just expand your awareness. I, I feel like it really expands your awareness and it, there's something very spiritual and magical to it and I believe that we're going to see a yoga nidra revolution here pretty soon because the world is so stressed out mm-hmm. you know kundalini yoga was brought to the west by yogi bhajan in order to reduce stress and it's one way to reduce stress but yoga nidra is also another way to reduce stress and i think it's the perfect complement to any kundalini hatha or vinyasa practice and it's it's a healing practice it's i believe it is hypnotic like you say it's just like hypnosis um in a sense and it's just deeply relaxing and i'm really excited to teach it at create yoga on wednesday nights at 8 p.m nice yeah it sounds to me like uh like all this is coming just in time in the world, you know. The world is a very stressful place right now. We could use a lot of that. We could use a lot of hypnosis, a lot of relaxation. 
you know, a lot of what we, uh, a lot of what we do is really just, just labels. You know, we, we put labels on things and you know, this is hypnosis, this is yoga nidra, but it's all right. connected, you know, really is all connected. Yeah. I think this is, you know, this is the ancient, you know, Indian art of hypnosis. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a really long progressive relaxation right. that takes you in super deep so deep that you know you're going into delta waves even though you darum deep (laughs) (laughs) darum deep yes (laughs) cool yeah i i love yoga nidra so i hope you'll check it out i hope you'll come to one of the classes definitely experience it for yourself and this one is in santa monica santa monica yes wednesday nights at 8 p.m from 8 to 9 p.m. Cool. Okay. Yeah. That's actually one I, I, I would be able to make it to. Um, so, you know, uh, speaking of Santa Monica and, and Redondo Beach and all these places where you teach, I, I'm going to be coming to see you in Redondo Beach on Friday. Yes. I've got you here in Encino. Uh, today, you're doing the messages from the multiverse today, and I'll be doing Chakrapad on Friday. So let's talk about Chakrapad. Uh, formerly the Dharma Christian show. Yes, it was formerly the Dharma Christian show, named after myself and Christian Donahue. Great the show. Other host. Uh, a great show. You know, I've been I've been listening to it. I love it. You guys are hilarious. It's funny. <laughs> it's good to listen to. I take my dog on a walk every night at like two in the morning when she starts saying it's time for a walk. Oh. You know, wow. so I, I take her out. She gets me up. I. I go out under the, the stars, under the moon, and it's nice and cool and, and beautiful out, and I walk her around and listen to Chopper Pod and laugh, and you guys got some good guests and good music, so thank you for doing that. It's a good show. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. I, I appreciate that. We, we started the show with the intention to make people laugh and to bring awareness to certain issues. We do bring a lot of spiritual healers on the show. We've had political, social media activists on the show. And, you know, I was a little nervous when we first put out the show. I was like, well, this is a little provocative sometimes. We can, you were uncensored. the first show we did was very serious, all about Kundalini. And then we had our second show with this guest, Charlotte Marie, who is a stand-up comedian. And she told us that we sounded like church ladies <laughs> on this show. So we had met her at a social event, and we wanted to bring her on the show and so we brought her on the show and she's just hilarious right and she's super super sexual and has a very uh, naughty mind so to speak so it kind of brought this sexiness to the show and this kind of openness where everything goes Mm -hmm. so uh, every show is different, so you might not get that on one episode, but we were heavily influenced by the spirit of Howard Stern, mm-hmm. who, you know, basically uh, raised awareness about free speech and sure. about, 
you know, being real, true, authentic, and genuine, and silly. So, yeah. Uh, I think that it's important to offend people, you know, especially especially on, on issues that uh, are important in the, in the current world that we're in. You know, it, offending people, usually, uh, usually something is offensive to somebody because of a block within them, not because of a problem of what you said. Right. That's in, in most cases, that's the case. Although that's not always the case, it is usually the case, I think. Usually, yeah. So, yeah, it's, some of the show is offensive to people, and I, I know I've played it for a fellow hypnotherapist, and she was quite offended. <laughs> but I've sent it to a lot of different people all across the country, all across the world, and the general consensus is that they love it and it's a good time and I'm joking a lot of the time uh -huh. like some of the stuff you hear on there some of it may not be true it's it's meant right. to be taken as a joke well but it's implied in the description of the show as including comedy so yeah it's comedy that. it's satire yeah. and um, it it's been healing for me to do this podcast because it's just accessing a different part of myself where I don't have to be so serious all the mm -hmm. time. Typically, you have to be serious when you're a therapist right. or a teacher. And there are certain norms you have to follow. But with this podcast, you know, we anything goes. And, you know, Christian swears like a sailor. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, he eggs me on, and we both egg each other on. We poke fun at each other, and there's a lot of dirty jokes, but we do try to give everyone an uplifting message, and we book guests that have a purpose, a mission in mm -hmm. this world who are spreading positivity, love, and joy. So it's a good balance of yin and yang, and... Uh, we're honored to have you on the show and we're really looking forward to your appearance and we love how cerebral you are and how deep you get into the philosophy and the mechanics of spirituality, hypnotherapy and shamanism. So we're really excited for your appearance and it's it's all about raising awareness, having fun. The website is chakrapod.us. Okay. So that's all of us together in this chakrapod, chakra nice. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, soundcloud.com forward slash chakrapod. Um, so pod is short for podcast. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun doing the show. We're recording three episodes this week and nice. um yeah it's been a, a labor of love and mm -hmm. it's just been you know it's it's getting to be more work now than at the beginning but i can tell you at the beginning it's just like we had so much creative energy we still have it but at the beginning i just remember like waking up like yes we have to do this we have to you know, get this guest and that guest, and we, we're constantly working on this show, and, 
you know, we're networking with so many people and we're we're just we love music, we love radio and now we're doing all original music. I had some uh you know, other artists on the show but I'm producing the music myself. Nice. And um that's the direction we're going in right now so we can, you know, have it all original content and yeah, it's a good time so subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, don't forget to leave the positive reviews too, everybody. Yeah, we it's love all about the reviews. We love those reviews. Five star reviews. We love them. Yeah, there's the five stars the lowest rating you can get. <laughs> <laughs> no less than five stars. Well, it's uh, the feeling the feelings mutual by the way. It's been great to have you here. Thank you. Uh, you know, it's all about cross-pollination. It's all about you know, cross uh, promotion and just supporting each other's efforts and good works in the world. So yes, this has been a great podcast, great interview, and I like the the depth of your questions. And you know, it's not often that I get to speak about this so in depth. And thank you for for having me on today. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Now, at the uh, the end of every interview. I, I give one last question, one last opportunity. Oh, really? Okay, and that question is, if, you know, this is messages from the multiverse, all right? You're, mm -hmm. you're being heard by at least one being from every conscious race <laughs> and all of creation, okay? This, this podcast goes far. Okay, right? okay. Now, it's not just iTunes. I mean, the, you can find this podcast on on platforms that you can't even be said in the English language. Or Pleiadian yeah. uh, universe. Yeah, Pleiadian cast. Nice. So, so we're way out there. So if you uh, if you could speak to every sentient race being in the world, what would be your message? Or in the universe, the multiverse, what would be your message that you'd like to uh, deliver to them? I would say to them, I love you. I can't wait to meet you. Um, we're trying our best here down on planet Earth. <laughs> Some of us are trying to catch up to you and your your evolution. And um, thank you for the messages that you beam to us that we're able to channel through hypnosis and through trance states. We're deeply grateful for your messages and your gifts and your information and wisdom that you give to us so thank you from my heart from the bottom of my heart from every fiber of my soul thank you so much i'm just sitting here talking in gratitude and love to you so we're friendly a lot of us here are light workers we're friendly we want the best for um, mankind, for alien kind, for all kinds, we're all about bringing people together. And as I s speak this to you, I just feel my whole body radiating with light and love and this eternal fire, this flame that speaks the language of love. And the language of love is the most powerful language there is. And I think in every moment, we need to return 
to that language. So no borders, no walls, no divisions. It's all about love. So to all the beings out there, I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you for communicating with us in the ways that you communicate with us. And I hope we can keep an open, friendly dialogue that's rooted in the language of love. And remember, as one of my friends says, that everything is either an action of love or a call for love. So let's keep on acting in love, courage, faith, and spreading that beautiful Anahata heart chakra energy which comes from this kundalini, from this flow of eternal divine consciousness that flows, that echoes through the universe, through the primordial sound of Om and Om Namo Guru Dev Namo. Satnam, truth is my name. I bow to the light in you. Thank you. There you go, everybody in the multiverse. That's Dharam Deep Singh, the ambassador to the multiverse, here to uh, share his wisdom, his uh, understanding, his teachings with us, uh, Kundalini Yoga. And I just want to thank you for coming. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ian. Satnam. Namaste. Namaste. I want to thank you all for listening and supporting Messages from the Multiverse. If you think you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, email us at messagesfromthemultiverse at gmail.com or contact me on Facebook at Hypnotropia. Messages from the Multiverse is always free and can be found and subscribed to or followed at iTunes, Apple's iOS podcast app, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and at hypnotropia.com. If you want to contact me regarding my hypnotherapy or shamanic practice, speaking engagements, educational seminars, presentations and workshops, or any other reason, please visit hypnotropia.com or email me at ian at hypnotropia.com. You can find out all about me and the show on that website. And you can now play all the available episodes of this show right through the embedded SoundCloud player on our website by simply clicking the title of the show and scrolling down till you see the playlist. Until next time, honor and love yourselves, your fellow humans and sentient beings, and our planet. Be well.